Hey, yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy Brain bringing you another installment of Behind the Plates, a new segment on the Play Digger podcast where we uh, interview some dope artists, you know, get to know who they are and kind of like the inspiration behind their music. Today I got a special guest. It's the homie Kroll. How are you doing, bro? Yo, I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you inviting me to onto your podcast, man. I've, I haven't done a podcast in a long time, so pretty excited. Yeah, dude, thank you so much for agreeing to do this, man. Uh, personally, you're like one of like my favorite producers out there because uh, what you do is really unique, it's different. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'll get more into that in a bit. Um, but just, you know, just to start things off, uh, kind of who are you and like kind of how did you get into like electronic music? Um, well, I didn't really get, uh, when I started producing, I didn't get into electronic music like right away i didn't even know what electronic music really was when i first started because when i first started like um producing i was making i was really into like reggaeton so i was really into like uh like we see yandel zion lennox like the old school stuff daddy yankees like um you know like gasolina and like all that like middle school stuff you know what i'm saying like yeah, like for the sure. old school reggaeton, like 2000, 2005 to two thousand ten era. So what what got me into producing was reggaeton, was the beats and reggaeton, and re- and reggaeton beats back then had a lot of electronic, like synths in it and sounds and and the production was always on point. A lot of reggaeton producers used Fruity Loops, which is what I used, which is what what got me into it. And then <clears throat> that's what that, when I started when I was. Uh, 2009 and I started started making reggaeton beats on my like laptop that my mom got me Um, I think I was like I'd have to say 14 when I started and and then I made like some hip-hop beats but then like a year later I found like a bunch of dubstep mixes on like YouTube like um, like excisions Shambhala I used to I used to go torrent I used to use a lot of uTorrent, and I remember downloading a uTorrent of like all of Excision's Shambhala mixes, like 2009, oh, 2010 mixes. So that's what my introduction to like dubstep and like, um, you ever heard of that song Sierra Leone by Mount Eden? Oh, dude, it's so gorgeous. <laughs> that song, that song today sounds like shit compared, <laughs> compared to oh, a lot yeah, of stuff. I mean, but back in the day, it was amazing. <laughs> back in the day, those wells were like really new, so I didn't like. So when I first heard, it, I was like, "What the fuck is this? This is dope!" And that's what really got me into um, making dubstep. I started making stuff like that, like really, like filthy. You know, I started downloading all these like torrented BSTs with like the, sh- the shittiest sounding, like since. But you know, those were like innovative back then. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's crazy how much uh, sound design has progressed in this genre of music, for sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, honestly, uh, I mean, there was only so much back then. Um, and then, you know, things like Massive and Serum and a lot of, like, stuff from Native Instruments that they put out really, like, changed everything. Yeah, definitely, man. And I guess kind of like more uh, along, like, the reggaeton, like, line question, like, what was it? What do you think about, like, reggaeton right now? Because it's crazy. I feel like mm-hmm. they're getting away with the sampling uh, what was it like? It wasn't me by Shaggy, you know, just. Oh, just yeah. Okay. So reggaeton is like weird now. It's like a crossover between like mumble rappers and like Latin pop artists. 
right? So it's like you're yeah. getting a, you, you got a lot of OGs that are like now just doing stuff that's popular, like Arcangel. Arcangel's doing like he's oh always done trap. He's always done trap, but like now he's doing shit with Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny's dope and shit, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really listen to the new school stuff because it's all like they're trying to be too like American, like like hip hoppy, you know? Yeah, it's very, it's very happy hip hoppy, like. I don't know, dude. The other day I was like, just you know, listening to the radio. My little sister, and I'm just like, I couldn't tell when the two like next song uh, started, just because it was like the exact same instrumentation, you know, yeah. the marimbas, and you got the same sort of like uh, backbone in terms of like the percussive beat and stuff. I'm like, is this another track? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I couldn't really see the transition there, but all right, I guess it's all starting to sound the same, yeah. And it's like there's no themes anymore. It's always like. The same shit, like the same. Um, can we curse in, on the podcast? That yeah, cool? go for it, okay. man. You're good. <laughs> okay, so it's like all the same shit. So it's like I was hearing like this uh, new Black Eyed Peas collab with Osuna and another guy, and it was like, "Yo soy tu mami, mama mamacita." And it's like every song is starting to sound like that. Like it's just like yeah. the same theme of like speaking spanish to white girls and shit like that like you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> yeah i got back, you bro like then there were so many different things you had like don omar who would come with like the more serious reggaeton and then you had people like um you had like perreo which was like the heavy stuff like uh what's his name uh Ector father oh, you man. know you know he was coming out with with bangers that were all like unique and he'd always come out with like a new theme something new and catchy it's all reggaeton, but it's all unique as it, as it went on by the years. And then slowly it just started like fading into just this like mainstream reggaeton artists that like half the time they're doing trap anyways. So, yeah, you know, so yeah. it's crazy. Like, you know, reggaeton's like popping, but like, I don't know. If you, I don't know if you like personally listen to like Mumbaton or like, you know, nah, that kind of no, stuff. No. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll party if like if someone invites me to like a Moonbaton party, I'll go and like have fun, you know, like drink, have some drinks, you know, with the ladies and stuff and vibe. But like, <laughs> like me personally, like bumping that in the whip and like being stoked to go to a Moonbaton show, like that's that's not really my vibe, you know. <laughs> all, all understandable. It's all good vibes here. Um, in terms of like your personal production, like who's your like, your inspiration or people you look up to? Um, people I look up to, um, I'd have to say Bukas Finest from Germany. I'd say he's my, my biggest inspiration. Um, and people like A3, A3 is an an OG producer. He he was kind of like a a mentor when I first started and I really like, um, based my style and sound off of his off of his style and sound like if you listen to a lot of my music you'll hear you'll hear a lot of similarities to his like music in terms of percussion flows um simplicity and stuff like that and like since he's you know like a lot of tonal delay in my sense and stuff like that and like really robotic sounding sense with like low end in them you know but um yeah bukes bukes is a is a huge he's a big catalyst for me you know um, for being like more sober and clear minded, like um, he's really versatile. And I, and I saw him in Cali for a bass rush um, for one of the bass rush events. And um, it was everybody, all my friends are like, let's go see Bad Clat. Let's go see Bad Clat because Bad Clat was playing at the other stage. There were three stages. Oh, and man. and uh, 
this this base rush event was like crazy. There were so many headliners in in one show. It was like seventy five DJs and like three stages. It was like a two day event and just so many of my favorite producers were there. But I had to see Bukes, so I was like, no, nah, I'm sticking. I'm sticking to Bukes. Like I want to see his set, and he played like all originals, all originals. He played like some of his best, some of his best remix. Like he played his Pass Out remix. He played his okay. like uh, like Raptor special VIP, uh, in, like Infect remix, and dude, his set was just flawless. And he maybe had like I don't know 300, 400 people at his stage, and ever and there was like a thousand plus at Bad Clats, but like Bad Clat was playing like a lot of generic stuff. He did he wasn't even playing any of his like originals. So I was really disappointed in Bad Clat, even though Bad Clat is one of my favorites and one of the OGs, but he. Uh, I, I saw him for like ten minutes, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm going. I'm going to abuse. I gotta see yeah. him." And I saw him again in California. Uh, he played a deep set when he was on tour with. Um, uh, he was on tour with like Turny and Sound. And, oh, dude, Turny and Sound was dope. Hell yeah! Yeah, it was like Turny and Sound, Bukes Finest, and another guy. Um, oh, it was Koki. It was Koki, Bukes Finest, and Turny Turny and Sound. Oh shit! And that, that was in L.A., and that was one of that was one of the sickest shows that Bass Rush threw. And I and I, I, Bukes Finest was closing set, but I had I watched him. I stayed till the end to watch his set. But yeah, Bukes, Bukes Finest, man, that that's my that's my biggest inspiration. Oh yeah, most definitely. That's cool, dude. Seriously, again, you see like you know, you know your favorite producers live. It's always it's different. It just hits different, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like you, especially when they're from overseas. Oh yeah, definitely. This is like you, you gotta take advantage of it while they're here, you know, because. I mean, like right now, Corona sucks. <laughs> it's happening, yeah. you know. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I, w- I was supposed to go on tour with my boy Drippy, and then uh, coronavirus hit. So I was supposed to see you, bro. We heard your, your Dallas uh, stop. Oh yeah, for the uh, yeah for for, for the stop for in Dallas. Yeah, for yeah. Luke Stewart. Yeah, who knows if that will will continue? <laughs> we'll <Yeah>. see. <laughs> Ah, damn. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, you already said you, you produce on FL. Um, I've I've dabbled in it before, but like you personally, like, what does like your workflow look like? Um, um, when you're creating a track, it's very. I don't know. It's like uh, it just really depends on the mood I'm in. Sometimes I have an idea. And it's like, I already know what I'm going to start off on. Like, if I have an idea for a sample, I'm like, I just like make a drop with the sample. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like, um, or sometimes I'm just like, I need to sit down and like start an intro. So I start making like an intro. It's like 808, so like a trap intro. Um, I make something basic. I start throwing some samples in, um, tweaking them you know, reversing them, putting delay on them, trying to, you know, like let the creativity flow as I'm producing. And a lot of the time, um, like I'll have something like 64 bars made, like six, like 32 bar intro and like a 16 bar drop. And then I just kind of leave a space for a sample. And then I would just kind of step back away from it for like, I don't know, a couple hours, come back to it. And then just start like reworking the drop and start making multiple duplicates of each bar and making it a little bit different as it's going. 
So I'm really meticulous about it. You know, before I used to make tracks, I'd make a track in like, I don't know, a couple hours and be have it done. And now it's like, it takes me like maybe two weeks to finish the song. Cause I, I, I'll listen to it and I'm like, it, I could do more to this, you know, it like, it's never like finished. Even if I work on it for like eight hours straight, you know? So yeah, it's just my, my flow is really just more like based on like what I'm, I'm feeling like creativity, creativity wise, but I always try to work on the intro first or on like the very, like on the drop with the sample. All right. And is that like the same for, I guess, if you want to like, if you're doing just like a grime instrumental, is it the same process or is it like different mindset for that? Grime instrumental is like, my, yeah, I suppose it's more different for that. It's just more like I'm just throwing drums in and starting a flow. And then with that, it's really like with grime, it's much more simple because it's like you're going to let uh, vocals do most of the work once it's done. So it's like I really don't care about the intro right away. I just start making like like a really catchy beat. You know what I'm saying? Like start start like implementing some some good drums and and percussion, and then you know most of the time grime instrumentals have like an eight bar eight bar intro because there a lot of grime sets you they're mixing multiple like a lot of tunes really fast because there's multiple MCs on sets most of the time for like radio shows and like UK and shit like that and so yeah. You know, the DJs really like need to move through tracks quickly because not every MC is going to be feeling each track that you play. You know what I mean? So it's like one one MC might have like a more trappy flow. And then the next MC has more like Esky Boy flow where he's like more skippy with it. So you need to play something more to his style. So you're always having to like, you know, bring in tunes that have quick intros. Um, So yeah, yeah. for, for, For Grime, it's like, it's just all about and another thing is like you don't have to worry so much about synths when it comes to grime. You can always implement synths, but a lot of the time it's just like it's like hip hop. It's like a lot of sampling. You know, yeah. if, you, if you find a sick sample, like for example, there's a tune called uh, uh, "French" by these uh, producers and uh, named Jams and Jack Dat. Jams is an he's an MC and he's a producer as well. He produces a lot of his own stuff for his like EPs and Jack Dat is a producer and a DJ and they run a radio show called I am grime on Ritz FM. Okay. And they have this tune called French and it's just a sample from French Mont- one of French Montana's song. Um, what is it called? Let me look it up. French Montana. I'll look it up here. Cause it's one of his really, really popular ones. Um, It's the one that has like the trumpet in it. Yeah, your boy is not versatile. Uh, I was gonna say, I can't remember. I can't remember what song it is. Oh man. Um, I think it's shot collar. No. Oh yeah, it's shot collar. Oh, shot collar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, shot collar. So they sampled the intro. Yeah, they 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 sampled the intro from shot collar, and that tune blew the fuck up like they, they, every time they play that on a set it just gets instantly wheeled up they there's like so many radio shows that you can see on youtube from them djing and like instant wheel up like not like 10 times in a row they're wheeling up the song because the beat is hard 
Like it's just, and it's all just a sample and like a, like a really good trap flow, but it's got like those grimy kind of drills hats in it. It's more skippy than just regular trap beats. Yeah. So like grime, grime right now is like kind of like crossover, crossover, kind of having a crossover and like production sounds with like drill and, and trap. Yeah. Um, and I, and I like, like get a lot of inspiration from these guys and, and they play a lot of my, uh, my tunes on their radio shows as well. So I have uh, a huge respect for um for Jack that and jams. But yeah. yeah. That's cool. And like, how did you like personally get into like grind music? Did you just like stumble upon like a particular artist growing up and like, like yeah, I fuck with this. No, nah, well, I had a, I had a friend, uh, uh, who I used to, I used to run a label with, uh, called lower levels. And, um, He's from the UK and he really got me into, into grime. Cause he would show me like, you know, videos on YouTube of people like spinning on like JDZ media, which is like a YouTube channel. And then from there, I just kind of started, I mean, I've been listening to grime since like, I think 2000, like pretty much since I started listening to, to like dubstep. So okay. around the same time. So, I mean, yeah, I'd say as early as, um, like 2013, 2012. I mean, I was listening to dubstep before then, but like grime, I, I got into like 2012, 2013. And um, yeah, no, I just started, I just started like uh, subscribing to all these YouTube channels. And, um, you know, there would, there would be a lot of cypher sets. I'd follow YouTube channels like Rinse FM, uh, like BBC One Extra, um, Radar radio. Um, I'd watch a lot of like don't flop clashes, words or weapons. Um, a lot of the MCs in the UK like uh, would have clashes, which is like a rap battle, but over beats. Okay. Um, over like grime instrumentals and so like stuff like Lord of the Mics. I was really into um, JDZ Media. I'd say it would be the biggest spot for underground grime music because. The way they do it is they just have an MC, you know, they just record an MC like in his hometown, like at like at like, you know, in front of his like porch, and they just have like a beat playing in somebody's car, and then he just spits like his newest, you know, his newest stuff, and that that was it, you know, and then that's how they a lot of them a lot of the UK MCs would promote themselves, and then they would make like you, you know music videos and shit like in the hood, but that's that's how I got into grime, just YouTube. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Like, me personally, I used to listen to, like, trap and stuff like that. And Stucky Sound, you know, was kind of big at the time because oh, yeah. of that track, Ball So Hard. You know, it was pretty cool. Dude, pretty I, saw, I saw Stucky Sound in Denver when I used to live there for uh, Ele- Electronic Tuesdays from Submission. You know, have you ever heard of some Sub.Mission? Nah. So they, they're, like a, they're, like a, they're like a booking agency slash event coordinator company. And they, they book, like, all UK like artists like deep dub they booked like bukes they booked me as well like when i was on tour with bomber and cubs they did the busted guy tour back in the day and oh, like that's cool dub. nice that show was crazy we had 12 planet and coffee show up and whole sh- yeah. the whole venue whole venue was sold out this was like 2015 this was like 2015 um but yeah i saw stooky sound at the same venue that we that we had dined at and that was probably one of my favorite shows. They're, they're really sick. 
yeah, I was uh, fortunate to catch him uh, the day for my college graduation uh, at some venue in Dallas. It was a uh, they had booked Sticky Sound and then Bleep Bloop, which I thought was kind of weird at the time, you know, because yeah. com- two completely different aesthetics. But man, Sticky Sound like had an amazing set. Jealousy at one point got on top of like the table and like the venue owner was trying to get him to like you know get off of it, you know. But he's like, you know, fuck that man right there, you know. He's just you know uh, they're having a good time, you know. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but he's just, yeah, they're just going in, and it's just crazy. You got to experience that before, you know. They eventually like you know stopped doing like Sticky Sound stuff. Yeah, yeah, they disbanded recently, right? Like a year ago. Yeah, so I was just, I was just like, man, I at least got to see him when I did, you know. Yeah, I saw them at the same show that uh that I saw Bukes and Bad Clara. They they were they were playing there as well. I saw their set. But uh, yeah, dude, that's pretty sick, man. Um, so like right now in the scene, like who do you consider like your homies, your ride and dies? Um, I'd say Drippy, uh, Graham Green, Bomber, Michi Murda, Haiti and Skull, Kid Walk. Um, I have a lot of, I have a lot, a lot of homies, like, um, that I'm really, that, you know, I wouldn't consider ride or dies, but I'd consider like really, like some of them are, aren't really like producers, you know, like my homie, Jose Escobar, he's from, uh, he's from Montreal. He's always taking care of me when I go to, when I go to Canada. Um, all my Cali homies like Diego and, um. My uh, homie Sweldo, who's like a producer out there. Oh yeah, Sweldo's um, dope. Yeah, he's he's the homie. Like a lot of those guys, like uh, Rejack, because um, I used to live in California for like a year, and they were they were the homies that I'd always like ride out to shows and stuff, and we'd always hang out and like uh, you know hang out in the studio and shit like that. But um, as far as writer guys, I'd say like you know people like Drippy, Grand Grand Bomber, um, those guys have been around i've known them for i've known bomber for almost a decade grand green for like six years drippy about the same so yeah those, those are the homies that i keep in touch All with right. that's dope man shoot i know you've already gone on a couple of tours already like what yeah. is your what's is there anything interesting that's on your rider that's on my rider um yeah I mean, my writer's not really that interesting. Like, I have a pretty big, like, um, before it used to be like, okay, so when I first started, it was mainly just alcohol. It was just like Jameson and like Grey Goose and like Chasers. I didn't want anything else. <laughs> I was an idiot. I was like, oh, I just need alcohol. You know, I'm not going to get hungry or nothing. Yeah. Um, plus, we get like dinner buyouts. So I would just eat before the show. But uh, my writer right now is it's just Jameson, Coca-Cola, a, treason, a cheese and crackers platter, a fruit platter, water bottles, hand towels, and blunt wraps. Hey. Those are my essentials because, like, I, I'm trying not to, like, um, I, I don't drink as much as I used to anymore. I still do. I have, like, maybe a couple before I play, but... Um, I also just like having cheese and crackers, like with the little salami and like the little pepperonis and shit. Oh, dude, yeah. Cheese, you know, 
You know, I'll eat, I'll eat a fucking Lunchables. I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm, about to, I'm about to say the cheese platter is essentially an adult Lunchable, you know? Yeah, adult Lunchables and, like, fruit platters, too, because it's so good to have fruit after your set because it just revitalizes you. Oh, dude, so fresh and delicious, man. And, uh, oh, yeah, and also aloe vera water. Aloe vera, I mean, aloe vera juice. It's like with like pineapple or strawberry. I've never had that. How how is that? That that's the best thing you can drink when you want to sober up, or if you just want to like uh, feel good. You know, it, it reduces, uh, it reduces like anxiety and it like um, it's really good for your body. Just enjoy. It like really hydrates you and like chills you out. Damn. And it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Crawl with the keys to success. <laughs> Yeah, dude, you gotta take care of yourself when you go on these on the road. Everybody's trying to eat McDonald's, Taco Bell, drinking soda all tour. You know, it used to be like that, but uh, I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm trying. I'm trying to take care of myself nowadays. Hell yeah, dude! Kudos to taking care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was it? I forgot to ask. What was it? What was the uh, the inspiration behind the uh, crow and like your uh? scarecrow like mascot you got going on oh um so that's really funny i had okay so when i was in high school is when uh um when i started producing music in like the ninth grade and, and nobody really knew that until like i started making a youtube channel in like 10th grade i think or like 11th grade i was a junior i think i was like 16 um but um i used to be i used to call myself dj e-man because hey. I would just name my tracks like dubstep track one, you know, my, my cousin, like one of my cousins was like, dude, don't you have like an alias, you know, like you, you're just going to name your track dubstep track one, two, three. And I was like, shit, you're probably right. So I called myself DJ E-Man because everybody called me E-Man. That was my nickname in high school and all the way, all the way through elementary to high school. Um, but um, I used to hang out with these kids. I used to live in a small town uh, in North Carolina. I live in Charlotte now, but I used to live in Concord, North Carolina. And when I was in high school, I used to hang out with like these like these kids. These kids were not the the best kids to be around, but like they were the only like friends I really had at the time. And we were just like we were all stoners. Um, so like they would drive uh, my friends. My friend at the time's older sister had this Cadillac and she was like real hood, you know what I mean? Like she was like about that like street life shit, you know? Like yeah. you know, she ended up like kidnapping some other kid in our school and all this shit and going almost going like going to jail. So she would t- she was like, these are like not great kids, you know? So they would think so I, but I was just hanging around because they were the only people out there that would want to hang out with me. We would smoke together and we used to go to the hood, like the hood hood in Concord. Like where we live wasn't the hood. You'd go to the hood hood in her Cadillac and it was called the bottoms because the more you went down, the more, it's like kind of like a hill. And the more you went down, the more like hood it got, the more dangerous it oh, was. Wow. So so we'd stay at the top, but it was one long street and it was called Kroll Street. And that's like where I got my name. Cause uh, I remember one day we were like sitting in the Cadillac and we we're every house on that street was a trap house. 
and you know they'd sell like morphine and crack there like, like <laughs> but we'd go and pick up like reggie we'd pick up like five dollar bags of reggie and like every time i'd ask my mom for five bucks and she, you know like what's it for i'm like oh it's for lunch you know we have like an after school lunch i just lie you know yeah. <laughs> I was like, I hit my friends. I was like, yo, I got five on it. We're going to Crow Street. And like, yeah, we're going to Crow Street today, son. So we go to Crow Street. We get a fucking pack of uh, White Owls. You know, the pineapples were like the newest thing at the time. The pineapple White Owls were like the shit. Like they had just came out. Oh, man. We were, we were smoking those. So we, we were smoking a blunt of Reggie drinking Mad Dogs. You ever had Mad Dogs? Just like yes, uh, you get fucked up super easily off of them. <laughs> They're so bad. There's the, the Mad Dog Twenties, and we'd we'd all get a Mad Dog, um, because my friend's sister was above the age, so she would just buy us all one, and we would. I remember just like smoking on the Reggie, sipping on the Mad Dog, and I was like, I need a new alias, and I saw the street sign. I was like, I was like, what if I call myself Kroll? And then it kind of like stuck, you know. I changed my name to Crow. Everybody was calling me Crow at school and shit. Even the dudes that lived on Crow Street, because we used to talk to the guys that we'd buy bud from, they'd be like, "Yo, you repping Crow Street, my G?" Like, like years later, they'd hit me up on Facebook, like, "Bro, you see you repping Crow Street? You know, it's good. You're always welcome to come back." And I was like, "I'm never coming back, bro. What the fuck?" (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I pretty much got my name from that street. that was the inspiration behind my name. Dude, that's pretty sick, man. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, that's a pretty cool. That's pretty. That's awesome story, man. Me personally, just one day kicking in with a friend, was like, "Bro, your name is Brian. Just switch two of the letters, and boom, brain. Ah, genius. <laughs> Big brain plays right there. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh <laughs> yeah. What was it? I know you've done like a track with. Probably a couple of tracks, I think, with Psycho, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. How did you, like, link up with him? He's from Russia, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, I, I hit him up on SoundCloud. That's, like, because he doesn't, I don't, well, he has Facebook. He's never online. Um, But his English is, like, really broken, so it was it was really, all I was, like, send me stems for a collab, and he's, like, okay. And then he sent me a link. And then we did this twice. This is the same there's not like no there's no crazy link up story there it's just more like me hey you want to collab yeah sure here's the link some stems and i made the tracks <laughs> off, off of his stems <laughs> oh hell yeah dude and then um i guess in terms of like your tracks um like for example like one man army or tank mm-hmm. mode is is that a sample of someone rapping or is that you rapping Oh, One Man Army is a sample from a, a UK MC called Logan. Okay. Um, I also MC, and I have a bunch of uh, a bunch of recorded stuff. Like I'm work, I'm working on an album right now, which is all vocalized and produced by me, and it's gonna be garage, grime, and dubstep. Um, so you'll be hearing me on the mic pretty soon. I've already done some vocal work for um my collab with um, Cybertron, which is called Knuckle Up. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's me. That's me on the vocals. So I, I plan on doing more stuff. Uh, tank, yeah, Tank Mode is another, is also another sample from our UK artist, um, which is just from like a, a, 
a sample pack of like free acapellas. Um, so yeah, and then yeah, pretty much, I just be sampling a lot of UK acapellas that are like for free, um, because I don't know, I, it's expensive to hire grime MCs. <laughs> they be charging like a bag for vocals and shit. So I just use like the the free, you know, the royalty free shit. Yeah, like the P money free acapella packs and all that. Hey, P money, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, P money is a shit. Yes, sir. And then I, what was it? So I guess this is this is two separate questions. So, um, yeah, what what kind of dream collabs would you want in terms of like the dubstep stuff? Okay. And um, then, sorry, sorry. Then like. Who would you want to collab with, you know, with your instrumentals for Grime with, like, an MC if they weren't going to charge, like, a bag, you know, for vocals? Um, for dubstep-wise, I think a drink collab, my drink collab would probably be with Buke's Finest or um, Subfiltronic. I would love to work with Subfiltronic. No um, foo-foo just- gang, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like they he's just um you know, he's he's a huge he's a major player in the rhythm scene. Um like he's like like one of the the pillars to a lot of a lot of people's um production as as it is today, you know. So I would like I would love to work with Sophotronic because he's just all around everything he puts out, you can tell he puts in a lot of effort into it. Um, Big Spine is just because he's just so, when you listen to Big Spine, you can tell how meticulous that guy is, like in terms of sound design and mastering and mixing and, you know, making tracks that, like, you'll never hear a Big Spine track that like sounds like the last one, but it all sounds sick. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. And, um, as far as like Grime MCs goes, I'd say like, Probably jams, uh, just because I have a lot of respect for him. Um, he's very like independent artist, um, and I, I listen to. He's made some really really dope tracks with Jack that that are like all production by them too, and all the vocals by themselves. So say jams, um, P Money. Well, I know I wouldn't be able to do one with P Money because P Money is like he's huge, you know. So it probably cost me like fifty bags. To collab with P Money, you know, <laughs> to have him listen. But you know, if I had a an opportunity uh, to make a beat for him, I would love to. But um, D Double E is my is my my third choice. I'd say D Double E. I actually saw him in L.A. as well um, when he when he came through. He he canceled this first show because the power went out at the venue, like on the whole block. And then he came back like three months later, and then I went to go see him then, and he was. He's really sick. He was with a uh, plastician, but um, yeah, I'd say D Double E or Jams or P Money. Um, I've collabed with um, uh, what's his name? Um, he did the track Topper Top Top. Have you heard that song? No. Uh, Killer P. So I've done like th- uh, two, col- three collabs with Killer P. An abstract sonnets, um, and another MC. What's his name? Uh, MC Ira, and they're huge. They're huge in the UK. They're they're top tier MCs. 
Um, and I've collabed with J Dot as well. He's a he's a smaller MC from Nottingham. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm right now. I got a lot of beats that I'm just um co- like compiling up for some EP releases and to send out to to a couple to a couple DJs and shit. It's a couple MCs. See if anybody wants to work work on something. But as far as like paying MCs to to rap over my beats, I just can't afford it. <laughs> I'll I'll, le- I'll lease them the beat for free if they want to record something, and then you know I'm not in it for the money. I just really like to make music and collaborate with with some o- people from overseas because I just want to eventually play a set over there, and I also want to MC on a set over there as well. Like that's Dude, that's my my goals for for grind. That's pretty sick, man. Uh. I just want to ask, did you like? Were you a major like uh, League of Le- Legends player, like when it first came out? Oh yeah, yeah, dude. That's where I got the whole inspiration for uh, Yasuo. You know, that's where I got my inspiration. I, I had been playing. I played League of Legends since the beta, since before it came out. I was yeah, in high school beta. when it came out, so I, I still play it. Uh, not as much as I used to. I play other games like Escape from Tarkov right now. You know, yeah, CS:GO. A lot of FPS games, you know. So each of those tracks off of the Legends EP, were those like uh, champions that you personally played with or yeah. like you liked? Those are my top five champions that I play the most. So Wukong, Wukong is my jungler. Jinx is my ADC. Leona is my support. Uh, who was the other two? Uh, Talon is my top laner. And uh, Graves was just Graves just had sick vocals. I, I hardly play Graves, but he just had some really sick vocals. High noon. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, uh, feeling lucky. Try me. You know. Yeah, he was just he was a, <laughs> he was a gangster, bro. No, he's sick. Yeah. I, he's he's really viable too. Still, even to this day, a lot of people play him in ranked. Damn, I haven't played League in so long, bro. Like. I don't know. I would just play with like a couple of the free champions. Like the only yeah. champions I actually bought were like Kale, which not a lot of people play, but I personally enjoyed like playing support with her. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of hours sunk into that game. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. And I mean, I guess you kind of, you know, you kind of uh, foreshadow it. You kind of mentioned it, but like, you know, you, 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 you know, you a bomber, you know, create Yasuo. Like, did you, like, see it becoming, like, this huge track that, like, it is today? Kind of like a um, like a staple, like, in the, you know, the rhythm scene? No, I mean, when it first came out, I mean, when I first, okay, so when I first sent it out to the homies, um, most of them were like, dude, this is going to be huge. Like, most of them were like, this is going to be a huge tune when you put this out. And then we put the clip out and we got something like, I don't know, like 10,000 plays in like an hour when it first came out in like an hour. And like, there's like 150 comments already in an hour. And like, I remember a lot of people were really skeptical about it. Like people, like no disrespect to my boy, Midnight T. I love that guy. But he, when that first came out, it was like, he's like, I don't believe this 10,000 plays, a hundred comments. I love you guys, but like for this tune, <laughs> and we were like, "Well, shit, you can't get mad at us. Like, we didn't buy plays. We don't, 
like that's not us we don't buy plays and comments you know and at the time when that many people comment on soundcloud was really active back then you know like because a lot of the stuff like the monsters and stuff was putting out like soundcloud was the spot you know um before it became the shithole that it is now but (laughs) when it first came out it was blowing up because um also because getter uh reposted it and he had like 150,000 followers on soundcloud so it was a combination of like people who were in the scene at the time all listening to it and then a repost from getter and that repost led that song to 12th planet the 12th planet hit us up for it we gave him this copy and he signed it to um to smog records like i don't know six months later after it came out on soundcloud or something like that yeah I'm and, october 7th on smog yeah that's crazy yeah, and he and he uh, he dropped it at edc las vegas i think that year before the release i think i think it was before the release or i think it was 2015's edc and then i think the next year after that he played or it's hard to tell the timeline now because it's been so it's been so long. But like, uh, I think it might. I think the original he played at ADC in two thousand fourteen. I think twenty fifteen he played the VIP at ADC again. Um, and that's like when he was only playing like twenty minutes of rhythm during his sets, and then he would go into his like trap and like you know his other dubstep shit. But those two years was like really the the, the kind of like the years that rhythm kind of jumped into the into the mainstream sound, into the mainstream crowd. You know, then people started asking, like, what's that song that goes, <laughs> anybody know that song, you know, that goes, my honor left the line. Like, people were asking that a lot because they didn't, they had ne- never heard anything like that because rhythm was super underground. Like, it was like, you know, I could, everybody that was in the scene was like, added on my Facebook, you know, it was like 200 people like making this shit. And then it just blew up. Everybody started making it. And then now it's like so many producers are coming out like every day. It's insane. Yeah, it's nuts. I'm like, dang, who's this producer? He only has like, he has no followers whatsoever, but this song slaps. Yeah. Yeah. It's And, I, and I'm always finding new artists that, you know, I hear a lot. Of, a lot of them tell me like, dude, Yasuo is what got me into to producing like rhythm and dubstep. So I'm happy that the song did as well as it did because um, it inspired a lot of people to write music. And that's what I'm I'm all about, you know, inspiring people to write music and be creative and, you know, use, use their minds for something good. Hell yeah, dude. Major respect for that. Yeah. I'm looking at the, the you know the compilation that was dropped on it, and you had some heavy hitters at the time, you know, Ponix, mm-hmm. Baron, Rest in Peace, Suffolk and Ben's Mixer, like a lot of big artists dropping uh, tracks on that uh, Battle Royale Volume One, and then yeah, it's kind of cool just to be alongside that. That whole album was was sick. Um, you know, I still get payments from that album <laughs> from the label <laughs> so every now and then i get my 50 bucks a year <laughs> everyone thinks that uh you know artists make this like crazy money from releases it's like not really much but it's like you know 
I get my uh, one curry and barbecue night out because of Yasuo. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Yasuo. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm always like, yo, Yasuo money came in. We're going to Korean barbecue tonight. <laughs> I have yet to do that, bro. I need to. I need to treat myself one of these days once things open back up fully. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I miss going out to eat. Yeah. Um, besides, like music and production, like what other hobbies or interests do you have? Um. I mean, I like going to the gym. Um, shooting guns, smoking blunts. Uh, I like going to the beach or going to the mountains because we have we have all that here in North Carolina. Um, and I like to travel, you know, even even though most of my traveling is done because of my music and stuff like that. Like I, when I'm in a different city, I like to go and like, you know, go look at what's cool in that city. You know, like I like to walk around and, and like get to know places. Um, and I, I play a lot of video games. I play a lot of video games when I'm at home. Shoot the shit, you know, just vibe. Yes. Pretty basic. I'm not. I'm not crazy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> nah, that's that's dope, dude. Uh, I, I'm assuming you you play on PC for sure. Uh, do you play mm-hmm. any sort of console stuff too? No, I have no consoles. Uh, I did when I was a kid. I had you know PS One, Nintendo, GameCube, um, PS Two. Yeah, PC I, Master Race. Yeah, I'm a PC Master Race. I mean, I the the new PS5 came out today, and I was kind of memeing on Instagram. I saw that. <laughs> I, was, I posted like a Chinese uh, bootleg, <laughs> and, and people are like, "This is not the PS5." I'm like, "Yes, it is, bro. I'm buying one." <laughs> you know, so I'm like. You know, I'm posting like uh, Chad Ward and copy pastas on my Twitter. You know, to just like nobody got it on my Twitter. Nobody understood it, and I was really mad that nobody even replied to my tweets about Chad Ward. And it's like, man, you guys don't know shit about Chad Ward. And like, he's the OG. He's the OG PlayStation. He's the guy who started the whole PlayStation versus Xbox beef on YouTube. Oh, really? You need to look up. Just look up Chad Warden, and he does these vlogs where he's just shitting on the Xbox. And talking about, and shitting on the Wii, and he he became like an internet meme, you know, back when YouTube was really new. Like his videos just are like from like two thousand and eight and shit. Like he's really fucking funny, and he's uh, you know, Chad Warren is just a character, but his he started the whole like Xbox versus PlayStation beef, and most people that like hate on it on each console, they're like don't even know why. It's all because of Chad Warden. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I like console gaming. I plan on getting the PS5 because I want to play The Last of Us too, and I, I'd really like to play, you know, some of the the, the Spider Man, the Spider Man game that they came out with. Oh, with uh, Miles Morales, the new one. That looks, that looks the, sick, bro. The new one and the and the other one that came out for PS4. Oh yeah, I played a little bit of it because it was a it was a free game on PlayStation Now, and yeah, dude, it it feels great. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just a huge fan of those because I had I had a PS2 and I had the like the OG Spider-Man games, you know, like on PS1 and PS2, like the when Tobey Maguire was was uh, oh was he, was a, he was Spider-Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I I played a lot of those Spider-Man. I, I played like the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk on Nintendo GameCube. 
Bro, um, be safe. <laughs> you know, you just take you pick up a tank and you smash it against the building until the, it was just like the barrel. And then you yeah. would play you would play golf with humans. I'd pick up a human and like jump up on top of a building and place him there because they couldn't get down. And then I'd go down, grab a tank or a light pole, and jump back up, and I'd be like playing golf and seeing how far I could hit him. You know, like I was huge into those like bash him, smash him games, you know. That's pretty sick, man. <laughs> yeah, you said Incredible Hulk. I was like, man, I haven't played that since I had an Xbox, man. Yeah, dude, I miss I miss a lot of the the OG consoles I had, but uh, Xbox three six or I didn't have an Xbox three sixty or you know Xbox One or anything like that because I just I got a PC, um, and I have a gaming PC so I can play whatever now. Yeah, that's just, that's sick, man. I'm trying at some point. I'm hoping to upgrade to like an actual uh, PC I can like game and stream on. You know, because yeah, yeah. Right now I have like two older Mac desktops like i have an imac and then the old like mac that's on in a tower or whatever yeah yeah i mean i can use those for to do this stuff but i can't like game on them you know because they're way too yeah, old the, and mac doesn't really support a lot of video games anyways yeah dude my steam library is crap on mac yeah you, you, well, you got like six games like <laughs> yeah six cross compatible games that would oh, that would work on mac because like damn yeah, Mac's overrated, bro. Just get your PC. You'll be fine. Get get you go to go to New Egg and just buy like a pre-built or build your own. You, you can you spend a grand, you can get a PC that'll last you like ten years. Hell yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look into that. Yeah. What was it? I guess. Uh, what was it? Uh, if you can give if you can give advice to like a new up and coming like DJ producer, like what would it be? Um. Advice for for new artists, I'd say um, this one's a bit of a tricky question or it's kind of a tricky answer to give. But for me personally, I think it would be to take care of yourself when you're on the road and try not to like divulge into too much like drinking. If you don't drink, then more power to you. Keep it that way. But if you're really into drinking, I would highly suggest only having a few drinks before you're set. Because I can't tell you how many times I've played blacked out drunk and regretted it the next day because I can't remember anything that happened. And I know a lot of my friends who I've DJed with who would play blackout drunk and they're just fucking up, you know? So try not to go too hard in the alcohol and the party stuff. You know, try to keep, try to take care of yourself and, you know, you know, just remember that you're there to do a job. You're being paid to do a job that most people would, you know, wouldn't even consider a job. Most older people would just look at us as like lazy, entitled millennials. Being a DJ is this like weird concept. Like, wow, he's getting paid more than me to be up there for an hour. Like, so, you know, be respectful of promoters and stuff. You know, try just see it as like you're there. Don't think of it as like, oh, that's my boss. I got to kiss his ass. But be there as like, I'm collaborating with these people and I'm here to do a job and I'm going to do it correctly. And another thing is, um, <clears throat> another thing is just when it comes to like uh, social media, um, a lot of people are just gonna like have this image of you in their head of who you are based off what you tweet and what you post. So unless, like, I mean, this is not true for everybody, but try to stay away from political stuff. 
like tweeting you know like i know everybody's like saying like oh you're an artist you should use your platform to stand up for what you believe in and you know like music has always been about politics and all that but it's like it's not really always the case for everybody i feel like you know especially if you're not really educated on things you don't want to be tweeting out shit you don't want to be saying you know you don't want to like divide your your audience because it could ruin possible bookings for you so me personally, I just stay away from politics. If people want to ask me what I believe, they can ask me in person. But I try to I try to stay away from those things. So I would I would suggest to up and coming DJs to just focus on talking about music and you know less intense topics. You know what I mean? Yeah, for and, sure, definitely. And um because I mean, you see people like Bass Nectar and Bleep Boop. They they're they're they have bigger platforms, and they're not gonna lose out on bookings or money or anything like that because of the thing. Even though I a lot of stuff I don't agree with that people talk about, but like try not to like give in and reply to them and like talk shit about them and just you know have a have a level level headed appearance online because. Um, it could really, you know, damage your reputation or people are going to be like, he said this on Twitter. We can't, you know, we can't fuck with this guy because it's not what, what we believe. But yeah, just uh, take care of yourself on the road and just try to like, ma- try to maintain, um, um, just, just try to, just try to talk about the music and, and positive stuff. You know, there's always a time and place. Sound to- advice. There's always a place and time to talk about the, the serious issues. And if you want to be proactive, then more power to you. A lot of people are doing that right now because of current times. But me personally, I just want to like be an outlet for people to just like not worry about those things. And like I don't want to be another voice or opinionated talking head. Like I want to be the guy that like people come to when they want to laugh, when they want to listen to some dope music, when they want to connect and talk about music. I'm not here to be like, you know, virtual signaling or telling people what to believe and what not to believe. So that would be my advice. advice. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, do you have like any news or announcements you want to include in this interview? Yeah. um, Well, right now I have, I'm working on a full length album and it's probably going to come around. It's probably going to come out around my birthday, which is like August 5th. Um, and it's going to be UK grime, garage, dubstep, all the vocals and production are done by me. Um, and I have an EP with Bomber that's coming out soon. We have a full EP that's going to be coming out, I think in like a month. Um, we're just, we got the artwork done, but we, we have to finish one more song. And then I have a, an EP collaboration with Michi Murda, which is, uh, we have an, uh, one original and we have four remixes on there. With, um, you know, I'll just say Jay Phelps is on it. Oh, shit. Um, so Jay Phelps is on, on a remix. And then I have uh, some more grime instrumentals coming out separate from the album. And I have two two more originals that I'm going to be putting out um, at the end of this month. Um, yeah, one's, one's, uh, one's rhythm, one's more OG style. Kind of dubstep, something kind of like the, like the stuff you'd hear like uh, from like you know UKF August mix. I really tried to go more old school dubstep sound, you know. 
that's pretty sick man and uh is there any particular track you want to outro this interview with or it's up to you oh yeah yeah definitely i'll send you the uh i'll send you the link and you can put it in the podcast but the the track that i want everybody to listen to is uh let me let me pull it up here um i just finished this up like two days ago uh it's called uh, you think you know me and this is this is the uh the track I was talking about just now, the uh, the OG sound, bringing bringing the uh, the wobbles back. You know what I'm saying? Oh shit, that's what's up, dude. Fuck yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm working on. We got I got a lot of music coming out soon, and hopefully be back on the road with Drippy uh, once things open back up. We we're think we're thinking about doing a, a live stream show. I think at the end of next month as well. Um, I just have to work with my agency to see what we're gonna do you know hectic times right now so we have to play everything um by, by ear. ear so <laughs> yeah you and Drippy yeah. are part of the same agency right yeah we have the same agent uh, uh is it prism boy. yeah prism talent agency is his company okay, yeah shout out my boy uh colton colton anderson he's uh he's doing a good job you know he, before everything happened uh he's working really hard on the tour but we're, we're hoping to to bring some more content out for for the people here soon yeah, in the next like, say, month or two. If everything returns to normal at some point, please come back to Dallas. Yeah, no, definitely. We we want to come back to Dallas. I have I have good homies in Dallas, and, and Dallas is a is a is a fun city. I I really want to play there again. Yeah, man, because uh, like I told you like a while back, like I was on that same I was I was on the same bill uh, with you uh, for that Death and Dishonor show. Oh yeah, see, I want to come back because I want to redeem myself. <laughs> you know that was not a that was not one of my best my best highlights that night so i i, I want to like bring dallas a good show you know where i'm not like blacked out drunk you know what i mean for sure so, man yeah i just i have a lot of respect for dallas and i feel like i let them down la- last time that i was there so if uh if they bring us back out just know i'm gonna bring a heck of a show and it's gonna be it's gonna be one of my best sets hands down yeah, for sure, man. Uh, if you if you need a place to, like some dope places to eat, I got you. Dude, definitely. Uh, we'll we'll link up. You know, we'll go out and eat. You know, you, we'll go we'll go out and eat together. You know, I love dude, Texas. Texas got some good food, man. Yeah, I'll make sure to bring uh, Hottie and Skull out too. They're the homies. They're super yeah, cool. Those are my homies. You know what I'm saying? Like I play a lot of video games with those with with the boys uh, Logan and Casey. Yeah, dude, they're fucking they're fucking awesome, man. Hell yeah. You think you know me? You think you know me?
You think you know me You think you know me?